You're exalted above all. Wealth and honor come from you. You're the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Which is not what I'm going to preach about this morning. Oh, what it is, it sounds like a psalm when you look at it. If you read the Bible much. It sounds like one of these things from the book of Psalms. But it's not. It's from Second. It's from. First Chronicles 29, it's about Solomon praying at the dedication of the temple. And it's one of, one of more than a few, I think, psalms that are not in the book of Psalms. What we're going to look at is uh, one or two psalms, by that definition, in Isaiah chapter 12. If we could bring that up, please. There we have it. The Lord is my strength and my song, you will say in that day. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you are angry with me, your anger turned away, that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not, will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, all inhabitants of Zion. For great is in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. That first verse, you will say in that day, what day? What day? The day of the Lord. The day of his intervention. This, like, most of Isaiah, like much of Isaiah, is what we call a messianic passage in Scripture. It talks about Jesus a long time before, as far as we saw it, there was a Jesus. I nearly got it. This is what I get for referencing Charlie. I start behaving like him. I'm over here. It's all right. Calm down. Excuse me. A, a little adjustment, if you don't mind. The day of the Lord. His intervention. Like much of Isaiah, this is a passage about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. But a long time before the Gospels. Now, I grew up watching too much telly. When I was about 12, somebody put Star Trek on. Was that cheer or a moan? So I have to say, you know, I have to confess, I've watched probably nearly every piece of film or TV associated with Star Trek, except the animated series. And I can... But I'm not a Trekkie. I'm not actually a Trekkie. I never actually was a Trekkie. I've got better things to do in my life. Star Trek. Star Trek, if you, for those of you who've never heard of it, who don't know about it, is a fiction, it's a fantasy about something happens at 400 years in the future from now. Four centuries away from now, in some glorious future time, when things are a lot better and the, and the bodies are all the funny colour. Star Trek. drama based 
on human aspiration and terrible science. Isaiah's prophecy. Isaiah wrote about things that happened that were to happen 800 years in his, from his, in his future. They were fulfilled when Jesus lived and died for each of us. They were fulfilled in the lives of so many people who have become followers of Jesus. And they were based on the divine intention of God fulfilled humanity. Isaiah 53 is one of those passages that talks about how Jesus died for all of our sins and our sicknesses. It was eight centuries of warning and still a lot of people missed it. How should we respond to this divine intervention? Isaiah 12 and verse 2 talks about the strength. The Lord is my strength and my song. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's the ultimate power. That's the ultimate power that we need to trust in, that I need to trust in more. But it's power with a purpose. I'm a cyclist. I don't really understand. I don't have personal direct experience. And I'm, ne- I'm probably never going to have personal direct experience of what happens when you put the wrong fuel in a car, like diesel in a petrol-driven car. All I know, of course, is expense and embarrassment. And the power to live is for a purpose. When in Philippians 4, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He was doing the old things while he was chained to some hefty-looking soldier in an armor or to a prison wall. But he could still do all things that God wanted him to do where he was. So there is power. There's mercy in God. There's power to meet your real needs. But this power is also to serve him. I've had a few midlife crises in my time. You only get one, apparently. Um, I was nearly killed when I was 32, so the one, I, the one I'd had by then was a bit late. I can remember having, by different definitions, <coughs> midlife crises from the age of, age of 25. So there's this look, and the kind of sense of, What's the, what's the purpose? What's the point? And I was thinking about Samson. Samson was God's own thug. God's own hooligan. The capital O. You heard the story about Samson and Delilah. You probably you remember, remember some of them from Sunday school and some of the things that he did. Got into a scrap with some, some bad guys, some of his enemies, whether they were good guys or bad guys. Beat the snot out of a field full of them with a jawbone of an ass. And eventually, as you know, there was Samson, there was Delilah. Delilah con- conned Samson into shit, into cutting his hair off. I could do with some of that. And losing his strength or losing his faith in the strength that God had given him. 
and then Judges 16. He's had his eyes poked out because he's been captured by his enemies. He couldn't see. He was weak. And he was known for being weak, and he was known for being isolated. And they brought him into the temple, to, 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 into the palace, to laugh at him. And because he'd come across as weak for a while, they propped him up against a couple of pillars. They didn't know he needed a haircut. Didn't know his hair had grown, his strength had come back. So he pushed. The building fell on all his enemies. Took his own life. Gave his own life for the kingdom of God in this, in this way. And it was some, what some might call a pyrrhic victory. But it was a victory, but it cost him his life. <clears throat> One of my latter midlife crises was a, a bit... Was, after reading this passage, I guess maybe about 10 years ago, I can't remember exactly when, but I knew I had a call of God in my life. I knew God wanted me to serve him. I knew that if this was abundant life, this was, <laughs> where was it? What's going on? So I, pray, I started to pray about Samson. Samson had come to a point where he decided to do that direct the place around him and he'd given the rest of his very shortened life to the glory of God and I prayed and I, and I trust in he's still work, God's still working this out but I did pray that God would use me for whatever remained of my life whatever the consequences that there would be some purpose to what I was doing even if it was, even if it was wrecking the joint around me. Not that serving God is necessarily a suicide mission. It's not that miserable. It's for his glory. It's for a heavenly purpose. It's for an eternal purpose. This body's getting a bit worn out faster than it should. But I get a new one eventually. and verse 3 says with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation Nehemiah John spoke on Nehemiah a, a, a few weeks ago was it a few months ago now and he quoted that scripture in Nehemiah that the joy is the Lord, of the Lord is your strength but the joy of the, of the Lord is your strength it was quoted in the context of them rebuilding the walls re-establishing a city re-establishing the kingdom of God in, in, in fashion so it's the strength is given us for our own, own sakes and also to build the strength that we have is something for purposes far beyond making a smog or far beyond weary, weary legalism it's for the great co-mission the working with God that we can do and with each other as we can do in the power of the Holy Spirit 
indulging and enjoying and sharing in that living water that, John, that Jesus spoke about in John 7.37 as we walk in the Spirit. Now then, I would guess that some of you, he said, trying not to look too closely at anyone, are secret singers. I said singers, not sinners. Some of you are secret singers. Some of you are bathroom balladeers. Aha, uh-huh. I heard that. Some of you are baby serenaders. Baby serenaders are good. Best, best thing about being a baby serenader is the baby can't criticize you. Or escape, necessarily. We have a song that the angels cannot sing. We've been washed in the blood of the crucified one. We've been redeemed. And there's so much to sing about in this. There's so much reason to sing. So many things to be thankful for. So many songs to sing, inside and outside of Scripture. God doesn't just tolerate you. He loves you, Jesus, Jesus much. Yeah? He gave his only son. You were not an afterthought. You're the apple of his eye. In Christ, you're held in his everlasting arms. There's an Old Testament scripture says, underneath are the everlasting arms. And in Christ, you're in his everlasting arms. And he sings over you. He sings over you. <coughs> Pardon me. Zephaniah 3.17 says he sings over his people with loud singing. He's not embarrassed about you. He's not embarrassed about his voice. He sings over you. He likes you. More than that, he loves you. He's not some vague, sweet love. It's a love on the cross. And he loves you. And I need to remind myself of that. So I'm cheating, enjoying, you know, I'm getting, getting something out of this. And he's not embarrassed about you. We may never hear truly heavenly singing on earth. But point of the possibility of this. This has probably happened, and it probably will happen. Ponder the possibility of harmonizing with heaven in sung worship. Ponder the possibility of being in a place like this at a time like this, like we had this morning, of that all-encompassing affirmation, showing love for Heavenly Father and his love for us. Not just some non-neutrality. Back in the day, Judah was on a slide into idolatry and thus immorality. That resonates today. I'm not just saying that because I'm getting all white-haired and thinking it weren't like that in my day. But it resonates when laws are leaning away from God and from good. 
that day was coming and still is. Eretz Israel has been restored. One of the signs of the end days, the end of time coming, the day of the Lord specifically coming, is the re-establishment of the state of Israel, which happened in 1948. What about you and me? We've gone to the part of this verse that says, the Lord has become my salvation. He needs to become our salvation. There needs to be a change at some point in our lives. Some of you know that, and if you know that well enough, you'll want to share it. At the beginning of of this chapter, it, it talks about how God's anger has been turned away. Because all have sinned, everybody sinned, everybody made a mistake, everybody blew it, every one of us in human form except Jesus offended God. And all that sin, all my sin, all your sin, all the wretchedness that we see in the news, all the wretchedness, all the stuff we gossip about too much, landed on the cross of Christ. All separation was summed up when God shouted at God, why have you forsaken me? All separation was summed up when God shouted at God. But God commends his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. God wants you to know his comfort. He says here, your anger turned away. Your anger was diverted that you might comfort me. That he gets to sing over you. That he gets to hold you under in his arms. That he gets to enjoy your presence as we've been enjoying God's presence this morning. I'm going to read from this translation which is slightly different to, that, to the one on the screen. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. So there's these truths. That the Lord, the Lord is my strength, my soul, and my salvation. And I've just lost my worship leader. He's like, it's time, it's time, David. Let him have his, let him have his phone. The Lord is my strength and my soul. He's become my salvation. And sometimes I get excited about it. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm together with these with, with folks like you, sometimes on my own I remember. But there are responses in, this, in these last three verses. One of them is to give thanks, to be thankful 
for that salvation, to be thankful for all the provision that God gives us, brings to us. You would not exist if Christ was not holding you together. It says in Colossians, in, every, in, in him all things consist. Everything is held together. Give thanks. Call on his name. I need to pray about stuff that I whinge about. In fact, I need to pray about stuff more and whinge a lot less. And perhaps we all do. And proclaim. Let this be known in all the earth. Every tribe, every nation, every kind of people, every language, every color. And shout and sing. I didn't even know I was in queue. Well done. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Take another one. Get your lungs in tune. Now. Let's do something a little bit Anglican. Tiny little bit Anglican. Might not actually be Anglican, but I got it from an Anglican source. Something called the Festal Shout. I know it's Sunday, I know we're all being nice, but we're going to shout if we can. I might even turn my microphone up, You'll be, you know, so you, it's quite safe. But there's a word that's important. There's a word to affirm over every one of your lives, over every one of your needs, over every one of your situations, over every one of the things that bug you. And it's this. The truth is this. The Lord reigns. Amen. 